Welcome to H2 Tech Talk, the web's most sustainable podcast and your premier destination for expert insights into the global hydrogen sector. Dive into our informative series as we explore the latest advancements, news, and trends in the realm of sustainable energy. H2 Tech is a leading source of up-to-date, compelling discussions around hydrogen technology. Don't forget to subscribe and share to stay connected with the world of hydrogen innovation and sustainable solutions. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest installment of H2 Tech Talk. Today, we are joined by Eric Holsten, leading energy industries in Northern Europe, process automation for ABB. How are you doing today, Eric? Hi, Tyler. Doing great. Look forward to speak to you about uh, an important topic. Yes, yes. I'm glad to have you. So h- how about you, you start by giving the audience a little background on your, your, your history and role with the company? Yep, I will. I've been with ABB for over 30 years, so quite a long history in, in ABB and been through a number of transitions, not only in the company, but in the industry itself, uh, uh, from oil and gas chemicals industry, which has been the primary energy source, uh, or fossil fuel being, being the primary energy source for, for many, many decades, including hydropower, obviously. And then now seeing uh, the trends of the energy transition taking, taking us to a much uh, uh, a greener energy space, which is very, very interesting and, of course, very, very good, both for, for us as human beings and for the planet. Uh, so seeing that, seeing the offshore wind coming to life, seeing hydrogen coming to life, uh, seeing uh, other generation sources and not at least energy, energy carriers coming to life, a super interesting time that we are in, and I'm very happy to lead the energy business uh, out of North Europe here in ABB. Uh, so having a, a very prominent set of people with uh, over 2,000 employees working on the energy transition itself uh, with technology solutions, with advanced solutions and technology uh, features, products, uh, digital, etc., that makes us, I'd say, in a pole position for uh, for the energy transition to come. Excellent. Thank you, Perik. Okay, so to go with the first question, um, you were just at Offshore Europe where you spoke about how the UK is leading the way when it comes to offshore wind resources. Is this true? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say uh, UK uh, sector uh, is leading the way in offshore wind in a gigantic way. Uh, you have lots of projects being installed and are installed. I think you have something like 13 gigawatts of installed capacity already in offshore wind. Uh, and that's going to increase uh, up to 30 to 50 gigawatt over the coming years, up to 2030, uh, which of course will provide uh, UK, both mainland industries uh, with green power for both households and other sources that needs energy. So uh, I'd say leading the pack out of Europe, making sure that uh, Europe uh, and UK is uh, is uh, delivering green power, but also using having the possibility to use uh, uh, excess power, if that's the case, on a longer term basis to other 
generation sources or other type of projects that you're providing. So very interesting time for the UK to see that transition is happening, uh, making UK a little less dependent on gas. Uh, so making sure that both the affordability of energy plus the emission side of energy is getting lower. Uh, and that households and industries are provided with green, but also affordable uh, and secure energy. So, uh, I mean, is what what you're saying is that the UK uh, has more wind capacity than they need for generating electricity? That's probably true when when you install the uh, the uh, let's say the capacity that you you can have outside the UK coasts. Uh, so there's there's more to come there. I think for the time being, leading us up to the 50 gigawatt uh, power. But if uh, that will probably be mainly for own use, then you look at providing excess capacity. And what that's going to be used for, that's uh, a very clear opportunity for the UK, uh, both the people, but also using UK as an energy hub for use Europe, where you can both uh, sell and provide mainland Europe with excess capacity of energy, but also convert that offshore wind excess energy to other energy sources, like, for example, hydrogen, ammonia, and even providing uh, industries and increasing the industry capacity in UK with cheap and affordable power. So, and not at least green, of course. So gives the UK uh, a lot of opportunity for developing that capacity further. And I, I think if I just look at the plans that I see in the UK itself, there's lots of plans for increasing the capacity and using that excess power to both carbon injection, hydrogen production, uh, making sure that the grid is stronger and delivering wider across the UK itself, but also using cables and, uh, and delivering electricity across the UK mainland to, to places that uh, cannot have affordable energy today. So I think super amount of opportunities there in the UK. Gotcha. And you mentioned capacity. Do you have like a prediction to when you think that will be the case? Yeah, so the expected kind of reaching that uh, that level of capacity we talk about up to 2050. Uh, so there's obviously a lot that needs to happen between now and 2050 to make sure that that becomes a reality. Uh, so as, as I say today, I think there's lot, roughly around 13, 14 gigawatts installed power in the UK offshore wind sector. So you have to scale that up and make sure that you that the government and the authorities give permits for further development and making sure that it happens in a timeline where things uh, and the sequence of things uh, are good so that actually it, it becomes real in 2050. But the opportunity is definitely there. I mean, there's space there. There is uh, definitely the wind is there, of course. Uh, and the industries are ready to take on board the challenge. So. For us as ABB, it's an exciting time to make sure that we are also part of this cycle, uh, making the energy transition happen. And we have also the equipment and the knowledge to, to be part of making it happen. Okay, so to go back to something you said earlier about the um, using the excess wind to 
produce hydrogen. Is this something that you all are working on already? Yep, we see projects uh, across Europe and we have a few examples already where we see both pilot projects but also real life projects. We have uh, one uh, project called Skyborn, Hype Skyborn in Sweden. Uh, which takes uh, the offshore wind to produce green hydrogen at the South uh, H2 port, and that's outside the municipality of Söderhamn in Sweden. Uh, so that one gigawatt of offshore wind farm uh, is then going to produce roughly 240 tons of hydrogen per day. So installed capacity will be 600 megawatt, but the, the production as of now is 240 tons of hydrogen per day. So that's an example of uh, where we take the offshore wind to produce green hydrogen and store it into uh, 240 tons of hydrogen per day. So uh, second example is is uh, a deep purple pilot project which we are doing in Norway. And they that's going to use reverse osmosis to take seawater and produce fresh water and then take the hydrogen out, out of the fresh water and store it then, uh, at the sea bottom uh, in Norway. So it's a, that's a more of a pilot project, but it's an ex example of an experiment where we now try to take the offshore wind and use that to uh, make sure that we produce hydrogen in different ways and store it in different ways as well. Uh, and then there is ammonia uh, production out of Denmark, similar concepts with Haldor Topse uh, and Vestas. Uh, so that's uh, producing e-ammonia, which is an e-fuel, obviously, and uh, multiple other examples. So it's not super far advanced yet in terms of direct production from offshore wind to, uh, to hydrogen, but we see it's coming and it's coming pretty fast. So I think first, sequence needs to be let's have enough offshore wind capacity so we can provide the energy to wherever the sources for usage are and then when we have excess capacity or special purpose projects that we need to build like for example this life scarborn in sweden then that will bring the opportunity for hydrogen moving faster forward so sequence offshore wind install capacity increases then you start to use uh, that to produce more green hydrogen in the future or e-fuels e like ammonia, for example. Gotcha. So it's a little early to, I guess, report results, but things are progressing. No, so things are, yeah, things are definitely progressing. Uh, a little early, as you said, to yield the full results yet, but I think it's looking very promising uh, how it looks moving forward. Uh, what are the potentials for progress in this space and what exactly do you think is holding it back? Well, I think, first of all, as I said, sequence needs to be enough capacity for green energy, whether it comes from hydropower or whether it comes from offshore wind to produce the hydrogen. And then from there, making sure that the hydrogen plants are, are uh, being built we see a number of hydrogen companies uh, coming to life. Definitely new logos in the industry that is making sure that hydrogen gets a, a new and uh, let's say a new life to it. Uh, so that's that's very interesting. A uh, lot of electrolyzer companies as well providing the technology for electrolyzing hydrogen. 
uh, and then uh, companies like us uh, being providing the technology to make sure that everything goes smooth running the plant. Now, first, I think crucial for uh, governments and authorities is to make sure that households, existing industries, uh, current power uh, requirements from those, whether it's mainland UK or, or, or mainland Europe, I think making sure that those get the affordable, secure, uh, and reliable energy is probably the primary priority. And then second priority is make sure that you use the excess capacities to something like hydrogen or carbon uh, or CO2 injection or CO2 capture in some form. So I think those, those are kind of, hey, the sequence needs to be right, but I'm quite sure when we look at the speed uh, that offshore wind is coming on stream at the moment, I'm quite sure this will happen quite soon that we have excess capacity at, certain, at least during certain periods of the day and certain periods of the month. And that will give the opportunity for hydrogen companies to establish themselves and produce hydrogen. So I think, uh, and there's, there's two tracks, right? You have the excess capacity track and then you have the special purpose track, which is more like you build a hydrogen plant or an offshore wind plant to produce hydrogen that can be used, for example, for green steel. Uh, so you produce steel out of the hydrogen rather than you produce it uh, from uh, from fossil fuel power, for example. So those are the typical examples. But um, as I say, looks very promising, and it's about speed, making sure that that installed generation capacity is coming fast to life. It, are the the limitations cost, or how important is that in um, overcoming as a challenge? There is an infrastructure question on how we need uh, takers for the hydrogen. How can we make sure that there's a good infrastructure to for the consumers of hydrogen to be used, that they can fill or refill or um, have uh, that hydrogen in the vicinity of where it's going to be used, for example, for marine transport. Uh, so that's a, that's a separate question, but that infrastructure also needs to be uh, fully developed, of course, to make sure that we take full advantage of it. But I'm I'm quite confident that now this what we talked about talk about is a hybrid type of energy system, a hybrid energy ecosystem that that will be much more robust and much more affordable in the future, where we have multiple sources of energy to consumers. That that will make sure that the price stability is much better and hopefully also the affordability is much better than it has been in the past. Thank you for that insight. So Prairik, to kind of wrap things up, uh, what does this wind to hydrogen market mean for the energy transition? For me, it means a lot. I think for the industries, it means a lot for the, uh, for the world in terms of less emission reaching the COP26 goals, uh, the, let's say, making sure that we have a greener and more sustainable world uh, that plays a huge role. Uh, as we know, the uh, the emission from uh, from hydrogen is basically pure oxygen. So, so, so in, in principle, there we have a zero emission fuel. Uh, so getting less fossil fuel uh, and reaching that tipping point of 
paved from this point in time, we have more than 50% of the energy being produced and consumed by green energy, low carbon, low carbon energy production. That's going to make a huge difference both for the world, for the affordability, for the security, and not at least having having uh, giving people energy to where they need it and giving that opportunity for growth also in the countries, right? So you have the ability for the countries to deliver energy to industries, households, transport, infrastructure, and providing that with green energy, that will play a huge role. Big, big difference. So if you look 20 years ahead, 20, 25 years ahead, I'm quite sure we're very close, if not even we have reached that goal of, of uh, more than 50% uh, low carbon generation. Excellent. Glad to hear the um, the positivity. <laughs> yeah, we have to be optimists, you know, and I think uh, there is a huge reason to be optimists at, at this point in time when we see what's happening now within the energy transition. I'm super excited to see that. So let's keep up the momentum. Let's make sure we push the governments and the authorities to make sure that they have permits in place and give permits to the people that wants to develop the offshore wind and the hydrogen capacity. And then from there, I'm very, very optimistic that we'll have a greener and more sustainable world in the future. Well, excellent. Um, thank you, Eric, for joining me and taking some time to discuss your wind and hydrogen projects. Thanks, Tyler. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts, any takeaways you'd like to share with the audience? Well, uh, I think uh, one thing that is going to play a major role in uh, materializing this transition is obviously technology. So from my point of view, I'm a technology optimist, and I like to see how the technology takes a major spot in how these things are happening. And coming from a company like ABB, uh, I must say I'm super excited to see that we in our company have the majority of the technology required to actually make this dream come true. So uh, that from a last takeaway, let's make sure that we take the technology into use to make it even more productive, even greener, even more sustainable, but also delivered at the price point that people can afford and that uh, takes the development moving forward. All right. Well, thank you again, Prerik. That's all I have for you today. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in to another episode of H2 Tech Talk. Please remember to share and subscribe. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Don't forget to subscribe and share to stay connected with the world of hydrogen innovation and sustainable solutions. Email your comments, questions, and suggestions to tyler.campbell at gulfenergyinfo.com.